find a way. Idil Elvirish presents. In this program, I'm talking to Martha Clark, who is a workplace mediator. Welcome to another program of We Can Find a Way, a podcast about conflict resolution. My name is Edir Elverish. For this program, I interviewed Martha Clark, who is a member of the board of the Civil Mediation Council in the United Kingdom. Although she is now a mediator, she had a career in journalism and communications and spent over 20 years working as a broadcaster and a journalist. In this capacity, she led the media agenda of a number of international development agencies. Currently, she is a workplace and civil commercial mediator, trainer, and a coach, not only in the UK, but also overseas. She was recently nominated for Mediation Awards of 2020. She and I discussed what workplace mediation was and how it was different from labor disputes, ombudsman, and conflict coaching. The interview took place over Skype on 12th June 2020. Can you please tell me what workplace mediation is? In essence, a conversation facilitated by a neutral third party, which enables people to be heard and listened to and to explore what's really going on between them. I think it also helps them reflect and think about their behaviours and uh, the effect that that might be having on what is going on for them. Um, And the idea being that they can find a better way forward to work better together. It's confidential and I think it gives people the opportunity to say what they need to say and then come up with their own solutions together. The mediator isn't there to say who's right or wrong or, you know, make judgments or give opinions or anything. Anything like that. They are there merely as a facilitator to the process. And I think that that is one of the keys to it, that they come up with their own solution and have ownership of the outcome. And consequently, it's much more likely to work rather than somebody else saying, well, you've got to do this or you've got to do that. And it can be carried out by just two people or groups or teams or departments. I see the work of the mediator as being very much in the moment. I view it as an art, not a science. The mediator has to be aware of all the nuances and body language that's going on and adapt accordingly. And in fact, no two mediations are ever the same because everybody is different and everybody has different responses and ways of doing things. Can you please tell us more? How did this come about? When people think of workplace, they usually think of labor issues, disputes like between employer and employee. How is workplace mediation different and similar? I mean, I think we're talking on two levels here, really. An employment mediation, if you like, can be on those terms and can be around rates of pay and things like that that can be done. And often trade unions will carry out those kinds of mediations. But they're more normally, I think, described as negotiations rather than a mediation in itself because the mediation part of the workplace I'm talking about is between staff members or, you know, managers and their directors 
direct reports where you they are seeking to restore the relationship going forward. And of course, in an employment situation with an employer and these disputes, you might be talking about, you know, rates of pay and conditions of work. You do want to get that as well, but it is a slightly can be more of a negotiation. Okay, so how did this then uh, workplace mediation come about? It's come about over many years. I mean, I think it's been around for quite a long time. But I think that what has happened in the past is often that there has been a much more legal and formal way of resolving workplace disputes where people will go to grievance, take out grievances, and then they will have informal investigations, which may end up in an employment tribunal and in a court. But actually, often some lower level disputes are just between people. And, you know, you can have a mediation where before you even reach for these legal redress and a mediator can help people, you know, just have a talk to each other so that they can come to a resolution themselves without having to go to to court or without things escalating. It's like an early intervention mechanism as far as I can see it. Exactly that. It's an early intervention. And, and often people in the workplace may want to, you know, take out a grievance against a colleague or they might go and ask to do that or to speak to their HR department around that and they might want to do it. And then the HR department might say, well, would you like to try mediation first just to see where it goes? Because, of course, the mediation can be held. And if it's not successful, they can still go down back down that route. But I think that it's much more likely to result in a win-win situation because often with an investigation or a more formal investigation, what comes up is a win-lose situation. And however, these people might have to go and work together again. And sometimes indeed I've asked to do mediations post-grievance and investigation because there has been this and this has gone on for a long time. It's caused a lot of stress and anxiety. A ruling has been given but the people have to go back and work together again. For international audiences that are not familiar with the UK system, what is this grievance and tribunal? What is it and how does it work? Can you just briefly summarize it? Basically, if you've got an issue with somebody in your workplace in which you feel that you've been badly treated, you might even think that, you know, there have been you know, racism or sexism or ageism against you. You can actually go to, you know, your employer. There are policies in place which you can go and actually take out a complaint, if you like, which will then be investigated. And ultimately, you might go to an employment tribunal if you're not happy with the outcome of that investigation. Sometimes it will be carried out internally by the organisation, but often they will also outsource them so that the investigation will be done independently as well. Can you give me some examples of workplace mediation disputes? What are the most common issues that you see as a workplace mediator? Well, the so common sources of disputes in organisations are often sometimes around performance, they're around personality clashes, a lack of resources, competition, power struggles, kind of things that can be the source of the dispute, but also they can then include allegations, as I say, racism, sexism, bullying and harassment. We see a lot of people who feel they've been bullied in the workplace. But I find that at the heart of most of them, it comes down to 
a problem with communication and the relationship between the parties. Are there any types of disputes that you find more difficult than the others? In fact, I think it's more about the people and the level of intensity that dispute has got to rather than the, the, the subject matter, actually. Because I think with this kind of workplace mediation, you really need to nip things in the bud if you can in these disputes. Because if you don't, it becomes much more entrenched, become more angry. It's much more difficult the more entrenched it is rather on, you know, what it's actually about. So in that sense, how is workplace mediation different than, say, conflict coaching that we see increasingly in workplace disputes? Conflict coaching really is part of mediation in some ways because, you know, a mediator will work with both people individually before they support them in a joint mediation situation when they bring them together. It is about similar skills, actually. Yes, similar skills. Exactly that. It's about listening. It's about building. It's about working with them to understand, in a way, how they manage conflict and the impact this might be having on their situation. They've got more understanding themselves about what is going on for them and how that might impact the other person before they actually meet them. But it can also be used on its own because, you know, sometimes, I mean, workplace mediation is voluntary. Maybe one party doesn't want to mediate. So for whatever reason, they might actually even feel too scared to sit in the same room and talk to the other person. So in those terms, you can just work with one person in conflict coaching and it can help them to understand it and give them the tools or give them some tools to help them manage what's going on themselves. Often, if one party in any dispute starts acting differently, the other person might start responding differently. So it might shift the dynamic in that way. When you say workplace adopts a policy of referring disputes to mediation, the process is voluntary for the parties, but aren't the parties a little bit under pressure, so to say, to look good to the employer by complying with the policy in the office. Yes, I can understand what you mean by that. Not so much an issue, but I do think it exists because as a mediator, an external mediator, I will talk to both parties and make sure, as I can, that they are doing this from a voluntary place because clearly if they're not then it's much less likely to work you've got to want to resolve the dispute if the mediation is going to work or at least think you can or there is a a chance that it can so i will always check out with them that yes they do want to go ahead with the mediation i agree it is a bit of a gray area because they can just say yes i am doing i do want to do it where and actually they do feel some amount of pressure role of the mediator is to you know assess that the person is ready and willing to enter into it in an open way where they will listen and there may be a change. How do cases get referred to a workplace mediator? Who do you work with in a company? The cases come to mediation through many routes, actually. I mean, you can get them from directly from managers themselves, chief executives, boards, trustees, or indeed individuals. I mean, I actually had two individuals who came to me and they didn't want to do it through their work or their organization. They actually just wanted to do it independently of their work, but it was a workplace dispute. But I would say 
you know, many come from HR departments because HR departments are sort of the first port of call right. when somebody's got a complaint. So they, they would go there. They often recommend mediation, you know, as an, an alternative. But not every company has an HR department. Like when we say HR departments, we're really talking about institutionalized places, not really small businesses, even medium-sized businesses, even if there is a person responsible for human resources. How does that work? I think it really varies. If people are in a smaller organization with no HR department, they can seek advice from, you know, myself as a mediator, or they would could look for a mediator themselves and then suggest that to the company or whoever it is that they employed by. And they can also go to ACAS, which is an organization in the UK, which supports people who have these kinds of issues. So they could get seek advice from ACAS as well. It's an official body that has been set up to deal with disputes in the workplace uh, nationally and that anybody can have access to their website and get information about if they're in, they have any difficulties in the workplace. Let's say we have come to an agreement after a workplace dispute. How does that get enforced? I presume it's going to be in writing in a mediation agreement, but... Do you monitor the implementation? Does the employer get a notice or advice about how it goes? Can you please elaborate a little bit on those? It can be in writing, the agreement that is reached, or in fact, it can just be verbally. It's just entirely up to the the people involved. I mean, it's almost like handing it back to the parties, as we call them in mediation. Because they come up with the solution themselves, they have actually got much more ownership of the outcome so that they can then act differently with each other to make it work. So there's no kind of report written at the end and given to HR or anybody else so that they can follow up and police whether this is carried or not it is entirely up to the people themselves to make sure it happens but they they will want by the the time they've made why would they make the agreement if they had no intention of actually carrying it out what a mediator will do is often after two months or six weeks or however much is agreed with the parties follow up with them and say to them oh how is it going what's happening for you and if there has been any kind of breakdown in the agreement or things haven't been going as they both imagined you can say to them well would you like to have another meeting and I have done that in the past and actually they've come back and said oh yeah actually we would like to and they've gone back and reaffirmed or looked at the agreement and what was working well, what wasn't, and then decided how to change it. And in fact, they don't even need a mediator to do that. They can even do it themselves. Are there examples that you can give us without really breaking confidentiality, like some concrete items in those agreements? Some of the the agreements can be very simple, but often the mediation is about communication and having poor communication. So they will talk about how, how they can improve that situation and communicate better with each other. So that might be things, things that you see is they if it's a manager or a direct we're going to have more one-to-ones or we will meet for a coffee every three weeks or just as simple as saying I will say hello to you in the morning when I come into the office. 
We also know that some companies or non-governmental organizations, even governmental organizations, are increasingly adopting ombudsman for workplace disputes. How are they different from workplace mediation? To be perfectly honest, I don't know how they're different. But what I do know is that many government institutions have internal mediators who are, you know, doing an excellent job. The UN has been working for many years to make mediation the natural first step in resolving disputes. And actually, in 2019, they had seen a great expansion. And that's resulted in the appointment of on-call external mediators within the office of the ombudsman there. So I think certainly it's something that's going to be growing within these governmental institutions. We said conflict coaches, we said workplace mediators, ombudsman. I guess there is a role for everybody. That's why I'm so interested in mediation. I find that there's a lot of overlap in many areas. And I think that the the skills of a mediator, you know, are the key to this thing, but also that you can apply them in many different situations. But what is important, I think, is at the beginning of any mediation or negotiation or whatever you call it, there is transparency and everybody knows what is going to, what we're doing, why we're doing it and what the outcome is expected to be in as much of what what that is going to look like. You know, is it going to be a written agreement or is it going to be verbal? And I think as long as everybody knows, you know, what is expected of them and what this is all about, then actually it can be very flexible and it can be applied according to the need of the situation. How do you think this, you know, working from home is going to affect workplace mediations? What we will see is just different types of conflict, really. Is it going to decrease or is it going to modify the type of disputes? It's just conjecture at this moment in time. I don't know. I just wanted to have your opinion. Maybe the actual content of the dispute will change because of the, you know, the working from home. So we may see different kinds of disputes. I'm just trying to think the kind of things that you might be seeing is, oh, you know, I was on my computer all the time and I've been accused by my manager of not being sitting at my desk when I'm supposed to be. That kind of thing could start, you know, coming up because obviously when you're in an office situation, you're sat in there. But when you're at home, you're working remotely and and who knows whether you're sitting there or not. Uh, Yeah, so I think that it probably will change the types of dispute that we see. You're a member of the Civil Mediation Commission in the UK. Can you please tell us what the commission does and what your role is at CMC? Yeah, it's actually the Civil Mediation Council. Council, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm on the board of the Civil Mediation Council. Basically, it's the largest accrediting organisation for mediation in the UK, and it supports mediators with their work and acts for the voice of mediators here, really, and incorporates civil commercial mediation, uh, workplace mediation, and it's reaching out to community mediators as well. So it can be this sort of umbrella body. And it works with the government and gives them advice and also lobbies them to promote mediation here. Well, you don't have to be a member of the CMC to practice mediation. At the moment, you don't have to be a member of the CMC, no, to practice mediation. People still prefer to be a member of the CMC. As the largest mediation body, I mean, I think it's like any membership body and it actually does 
set standards for the members and, and its courses are all are accredited courses which the Civil Mediation Council has checked the standards that they need to. So as a mediator, you know, to be a member of the Civil Mediation Council and, and registered, in fact, by then, you know, gives you that extra badge of approval, if you like. Is there a profile of a workplace mediator in terms of experience, gender, etc.? Not that I know of, really. I mean, that's it's interesting, but... I asked it especially in terms of gender, because we hear these gender issues often coming up, especially, you know, all the commercial work going to men, softer issues like labor, workplace, community, family, ending up with women. So I just wanted to have your comments about that. And if the CMC is aiming to do anything to change all of that. I think that this is true and has been the case in the past. And I think that it's just, you know, as things have evolved, I mean, I think, you know, gender wise, probably there have been more men, uh, you know, in legal positions and, you know, civil commercial mediation has come from that route. And so maybe then you do see more men in it. For workplace mediation, a lot of workplace mediators may have been HR practitioners and come from that kind of background. And often you see more women, I I don't know the statistics, but a lot of women in work in HR. So I think that that is actually just something that's evolved and emerged. But the CMC, of course, you know, strives for diversity across, you know, all areas, actually, and would want to encourage you know, both men and women into the profession. How do you think the drive, especially in the COVID days, towards online mediation is going to affect workplace mediation? Well, we've already seen change in as much as uh, there is a lot of online mediation going on. In the early days of the crisis, I think that a lot of people said, oh, no, no, we won't bother now. We'll wait until this is all blown over. But actually, increasingly, as the weeks have gone by and that isn't happening, People are now, you know, going for online mediations in the workplace. Um, I myself have done several. And I think that that will will continue. I think what we'll see is that, yes, there will be a return to -to face-to-face mediations, but we'll see more online mediations. I mean, they were already happening before the COVID crisis, actually, but at a much slower rate. I think this has just accelerated it all and, and means that we will see more and more online workplace mediations. Often you will hear the comment that actually, oh, you know, the the people were more relaxed and comfortable to be sitting on their own in front of their own computer at home to do this mediation than they would have been if they had been in the room with the other person. It's a person that they don't like. Exactly. (laughs) Normally, it is a person that they don't like. And And it may even be a person that I haven't spoken to for the last six months. In terms of that, they probably prefer to less interaction part others or other contexts wouldn't really prefer, right? Yeah, exactly. So that they can feel more relaxed. I mean, I think the downside of it as a mediator, I find it that you can't, you know, obviously you can't observe the body language so closely. There's kind of, I found one of the effects is that parties, you know, what what you want to do in a workplace mediation is get them talking to each other. Because after all, that's what, you know, it's about them resolving the dispute. But with online, they will kind of keep trying to talk through you more than they do when you're in a face-to-face situation. 
Yeah, so you're almost like in a shuttle mediation, although everybody's there, right? Yes. I mean, not quite that, but yeah, I think, yeah, I've noticed it. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we counteract it yet. Okay. Thank you very much, Martha. Okay. Recapping the most important points made by Martha Clark, I would like to first start with things that stand out about mediation in the UK. First of all, one does not need to be registered with the Civil Mediation Council to practice as a mediator in the UK, which is unlike my country, Turkey, very liberal idea because in Turkey you are required to be certified. Second, there is an institution called ACAS, A-C-A-S, which stands for the Advisory Conciliation and Arbitration Service. It is an independent public body funded by the government that works with both employers and employees, and millions of them actually, to improve workplace relationships. It gives employment-related advice to both of the parties for free and even has a conciliation and mediation service. So as far as I know, there are not that many national institutions in other countries that are established for conflict prevention at the workplace as such. Despite all that, there is room for what Martha does, which is workplace mediation. And we have discussed how it is different than standard labor disputes. Well, first of all, it is not only about conflicts that occur between employer and employee. Rather, workplace mediation is for disputes that involve teams and employees in the same workplace. And she also mentioned that Labor disputes usually involve negotiation with trade unions, as well as more legal procedures or redress before an employment tribunal, whereas workplace mediation is much more informal. Most common disputes at the workplace seem to be revolving around performance issues, personality clashes, resource allocation, competition, power struggle, and allegations of discrimination, harassment, bullying, and recently, actually, COVID-related issues. And she even discussed how COVID may change the nature of workplace disputes. I hope you enjoyed this program. Do let me think about your views about it at ialvaris at icloud.com. I am grateful to IPAR Coach, who is the sponsor of We Can Find A Way, and Jan Aksoy, who helps me in marketing. Thank you, and see you in the next program of We Can Find A Way. We Can Find A Way. Idil Elverish presented. 